Welcome. Trustful and Clandy have an excellent show planned for you today. They'll jump into the best and worst performance of Week 10. Thanks for joining us. Welcome in to the Week 10 Neighborhood Overwatchers. We're going to start this week off with our scoreboard from Week 10. I'm going to run it through. Trust, if there's something that you want to talk about real quick, stop me and let me know. Got it. The first match of the week was the Hangzhou Spark taking down the Chengdu Hunters 3 to nothing. the clean sweep. Next, we have the Vancouver Titans falling to the Guangzhou Charge in another sweep, 0-3. to three, The Charge sweeping the Vancouver Titans last week. That was surprising. That was surprising for me, I too. I think Vancouver just had a long break, which is part of the problem. Yeah, we'll see how they how they bounce back. We'll also hear from them no in not not too not too long. Uh, our next match, the Philadelphia Fusion took down the Paris Eternal in a great match, three to two. That was a rematch the last time we saw that Paris was able to defeat Philadelphia, and I believe their only loss of the season. Two good teams. Houston took down the uh, Boston Uprising in another rematch from a fantastic game earlier this season uh the that map total was 3-1 this time with the outlaws on the side of victory i think uh boston's falling apart yeah yeah that that's a a match that they would hope looking at at the rest of their schedule i imagine that they could try to squeak that one out we'll see how they move on next was the washington justice falling in a sweep to the dallas fuel Oh, to three. Am I surprising? I think Dallas is a better team than uh, we gave them credit for early on. Yeah, but Washington is just not putting their shit together. So they got the talent, but they just aren't doing it. I actually think that right now, Boston Washington would be pretty evenly matched. They're, they're... I think Washington still takes that. Yeah, but... you, you have a little bit of soft spot for Washington. I think they're very bad right now. Washington's just a better team. Yeah, I think so too. But, but... they're just not performing like it. Yep. Yep. Next, we had the uh, Chengdu Hunters taking down the Vancouver Titans 3-1. So Vancouver was 0-2 their first weekend back. That's a rough way to come back. Yeah. I don't know I don't know where Haxel was. I didn't hear. I'd like to know. He didn't play in either of these matches. They need him. I was surprised not to see him day one. And then I was like, certainly he'll be here day two. And I was wrong. Um... The next match was the Shanghai Dragons taking down the Guangzhou Charge three to nothing in another sweep. Um, I think Dragons are the real deal. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit in the Week Nine podcast that we kind of feel like the Dragons are the cream of the crop when it comes to the four teams based in China. I have I have not really spent too much time, to be completely honest, watching the Chinese teams before this season. And I have to say, it's been really fun for me kind of learning their identities and watching them and uh, kind of making my own judgments as not a first time watcher, but really the first time that I'm truly paying attention. So that's cool. Next, my outlaws got to go 2-0 and this weekend where they pulled the reverse sweep off on the Toronto Defiant. Pretty impressive reverse sweep. Oh man, that I was pumped up. I uh, I did not start the match. 
watch, uh, wearing my jersey. And then after they went down 1-0, I was like, they, they're going to need my help today. And I threw the jersey mm-hmm. on. And I got to say, I've got a lot of power, it seems. I think you do. I yeah. Think you do. Rally cap. You had the rally cap. Say exactly what you said again. Rally cap. The rally cap. Exactly. Yes. The next match was the Philadelphia Fusion uh, winning again by this score, 3-2, to two, taking down the Atlanta Reign. This Good was match. a fantastic match. The Atlanta Reign almost pulled that reverse sweep, but they weren't Would able to Would have been dope. That's okay. I know. I was watching it. So Houston, again, is, is my team, is Clandy's team, and Atlanta is Trustful's team. And I was so amped up right after Houston pulled that reverse sweep back that I almost just believed that your team was going to reverse sweep right after. I was like – Can you imagine? What a oh. weekend. Oh, man. It would have been cool. Anyways, our last match was a rematch of the upset from two weeks ago, I believe, uh, maybe three, where the Gladiators took down the Shock. However, this time the Shock handled their business, and they put the Gladiators to sleep on a sweep 3-0. That was rough. It was rough for Gladiators fans like myself. I still think the Gladiators don't have anything to be ashamed of. They play; they got swept, yeah, but they I were agree. close in it's every really map. Yeah, especially maps one and two. They were still very close. And I th- in map one, the control, I they it was two to one that San Francisco won, and on the very on the third map, it was ninety nine to ninety nine. So it was as close as possible on that first control map for the Gladiators. But the shock able to get it done. And they had their backs against the wall. San Francisco really needed to win. I think so. So they, they've now they've now lost to both the L.A. teams and beaten both the L.A. teams. They yep. avenged their losses. Oh. Clicking heads. I trust. Let's jump into clicking heads. Do you want to lead us off? Yes, sir, I do. I most certainly do. Let's hear it. Well, for myself, I think uh, we'll start with the DPS. And I'm going to talk about a certain player. Okay. And the player I'm going to talk about is Dante. Mm. Here's why I want to talk about Dante. He's on your team. He is on my team. You'll love that about it. They're starting to give him more play, which has equaled more wins lately, if you noticed. His tracer is off the charts. He's one of the best ladder players at Overwatch, so we know he's talented as hell, too. And here's another reason that I like him. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. May... Reaper, Tracer, Sombra, and a little bit of Farah, and a little, tiny little smidget of Widow. Mm-hmm. And also, he played some Metro just to get a teleporter up. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is seven different heroes this week that he touched. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think having a player with uh, the ability to play seven heroes regularly? What do you think that does for their fantasy value? I think that's great. That's great for their fantasy value, especially with the hero bands being versatile. Just means you get play, especially if you're really good and versatile. 
Because some players are versatile, but they have like specialties. But I feel like he's just pretty good at a lot of things. But most importantly, for the week, he played an hour and 12 minutes of May. Almost mm-hmm. hour 13. That was his most played hero. And with May, he had 144 elims, 36 deaths, 44,770 hero damage. 20 is that Celsius or regular? Yeah, 2968 Celsius, so that's another three points or so. Yeah, and 32 ults in that uh, period of time. And then he also did pretty well at Reaper 41 uh, kills, 23 deaths. Now, here's the crazy one. You ready? Yeah, he only played Tracer for about 20 minutes. But he had 59 kills, almost 60 kills, and only nine deaths. A that, six to one ratio in 20 minutes. That's a wild that's number. Insane. Insane. With the damage dealt being around 50, or no, not 17,000. So not a ton of damage, but he gets involved in almost all those elims I mentioned. But 59 in 20 minutes. Shit ton of cleaning up. Three a minute. Yep, he is cleaning up kills for his squad. He is just flanking and just cleaning up the kills. He's he's on tracer for you know for this. You know something? I I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some leagues that Dante's available on the waiver wire. Yeah, so I, would, I think I'd, I'd check that out because I think he's here to stay. I think so too. The only the only thing I question is that he just had a few good he just had a few matchups that I think were favorable this week. He played Boston and then he played Toronto and they were happy to win them both. And when I look through the top ranked players through the all positions for this week, I feel like the Houston Outlaw players are a little abnormally high that I feel like this might have been one of their top performing weeks because of matchups. But when they get more matchups like this, they they've clearly showed that they can perform. Yeah, I agree with that to an extent, but I think that Dante's proven that he should be the starting DPS player on that team. So he's the, he's the cream of the crop when it comes yeah. to that team and DPS. I, so I agree I think with he's that. Pretty startable pretty much every week. Unless you have a if you have like a Carpe or a Corey normally. I almost said Haxel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Haxel, yeah. But you know what? Like like but, crazy things happen and you might just like the integrity and the yeah. and the and the consistency that Dante might not might provide. Yeah, exactly. It's true, it's a good point. I love him. He's a good player. But um oh, how many fantasy points did he score? You have that in front of you? Yes, I do. He scored one hundred and two point one seven fantasy points, which let uh, where he left ranked at the number seven DPS spot. So hi, he's up there. Not bad, not bad, not bad at all. All right, what do you got for us? You got a deeps? Yep, I'll jump into my deeps as well. My DPS for this week is Decay of the Dallas Fuel. Ooh, good pick, good pick. Decay. One reason that I picked Decay was because he was a player. I was deciding between two players that uh, performed in both week nine and week 10 and they had actually very high scores in week nine. And I was wondering who was going to fall off more or less. So decay happened to fall off less and he ended up with 118.24 fantasy points for the third highest DPS slot. And 
he did that by playing Tracer, Reaper, Hanzo, Genji, and, you know, actually that's about two minutes of Symmetra, so more than just setting up a teleporter. He played maybe a point or a point and a half or, or a few parts of a point on there. So he played, again, not as wide a range as Dante played, but he, like Dante, played a mean tracer with 147 elims and only 22 deaths. So that's that's nice. Damn, son. So it seems that, you know, you have a DPS player who plays a nice tracer in a favorable meta with a favorable matchup. They can go in there and they can and just tracer, they can participate tracer, in everything. Yeah, and tracer's been a thing for the last... Well, really, this season has been a thing, but last couple of weeks, especially, Tracer's been a thing, yep. especially with all the hero bans that have happened the last two or three weeks. Tracer seems to be something that's very consistent. It's a good it's a good uh, hero for flanking. It's a good hero for getting picks, getting critical kills. So I feel like a lot of teams, if you have a good Tracer, you're probably doing well right now. I agree, I agree. His Reaper was pretty good as well. Uh, 74 Elims, 26 deaths. It's kind of a lot of deaths for 34 minutes. But uh, 44,000 mm-hmm. hero damage is, is, is pretty high. For, you know, that, that's more than 10,000 per 10 minutes. And the healing was almost good for 8 points. He played Hanzo for a little while, uh, for about 18 minutes. But really, you know, he spent an hour and seven on Tracer. And I think that he was able to run, if I remember correctly, he was able to run Tracer in against comps that were meant to shut down Tracer and was oh, still yep. able to succeed. Yep. So that is just a sign of a player that I would want on my fantasy roster. So, yeah, he just... I think it was, yeah, against Washington. Corey was playing Torbjorn, and he just, you know what it was? I think it was the maps, too. The maps were very good for Tracer because there were a lot of walls and corners he could dip in and out of, so he could kind of, like, surprise the team by taking, like, a route that he wouldn't be as visible to the turret and then kind of popping out and just taking care of business. But he also just played amazing, played great. He got it done. He got it done, for sure. Um, Would you like to... Jump to your next clicking head. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'll go with the uh, tank next. All right. Is going to be Hanbin this okay. week. Uh, the reason I'm picking Hanbin is because I don't think that we talk about him enough, even though he's a consistent, great performer. And also because I think he is a big reason why Paris is continuing to dominate in the league this year, even though they lost a match. Um, they're a great team, and I think they're among the top probably five teams in the league. Week nine, however, they were able to win. Yes. So the reason I want to talk about Hanbin is because I think Paris is one of the best teams in the league, and I don't think we've talked about Hanbin as being a big factor as a part of that, and he is a big factor. And they kind of asserted their dominance again the last couple of weeks. I think they went two and one or maybe three and one. <clears throat> and uh, I think they're one of the best teams in the league. And Hanbin's a big reason why. Um, he plays a bit of main and off tank. But um, this week he played four tanks. One of them was only for less than a minute just to contest, which was Wrecking Ball. Yep. But um, the other ones he played mostly Orissa at an hour. And then he played a little bit of Diva and Sigma as well, totaling uh, 48 minutes or so between the two. But as Orissa, he had 94 elims, 34 deaths, 
and 31,000 damage in an hour and two minutes played. That's pretty good. That's a, a nine two or a nine to three KD. Mm. So pretty good ratio. And also had 108,000 damage blocked. That's a shit ton of damage. That's a shit ton of lives being saved. Right yeah. There. But um, that's some good main tanking. And I think Hanbin, he just, uh, he's a pretty versatile tank. And I think he's a big reason that Paris has been so successful. And I think he's been pretty good for your fantasy team on uh, most weeks as well. He's been a pretty consistent performer. And this week he was, I think, the number two tank on the week. And he deserves a little bit of credit. He is the number two tank. The other thing I'd like to add is I, 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 while you were talking about him a little bit, I was thinking I wonder where he ranks just on draft buff for average per week. And for all tanks, he's number three. He's behind the Soul Dynasty, Marvell. He's behind Space, and then it's him. He's one. He's just a few. A, he's less than a point above Cho, my boy Choi Holbin there, my boy Choi. He's uh oh your boy Choi. He's right your there. He's Choi. number third. So Hanbin it has really been um performing very well this year. And and I think you're right. We haven't talked about him enough. <clears throat> I'm gonna jump to you, my tank also. Is that what you wanted to hear? Yep. Yep. I'm gonna talk about a tank who performed very well this this week for week ten. Actually, just was able to outscore Hanbin by just a few points. You know, I for, forgot to mention. Hanbin's point total was 119.04 for this fantasy week. And the guy I want to talk about is Fury of the Philadelphia Fury, who scored mm-hmm. 124.66 points. Very Philadelphia. nice. Philadelphia Fusion. Yeah. He's the, the, might as well be the Philadelphia Furies after that performance. Was that what I said? Philadelphia Fury? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I meant to say Fury had the Philadelphia Fusion. <laughs> no, nah, I like Fury. Philadelphia Fury. <laughs> anyway, Fury did not play at all week nine. I had him listed in, on uh, a list on, for week nine as a disappointing, uh, did not participate because Fury was a relatively high draft pick and a, and a pretty a highly touted acquisition, I believe, for the Fusion this, this, this year. And um, Fury had the advantage of only playing this one week, so he didn't have to put as much time in to get these points. He played about an hour of Sigma with 95 eliminations, 19 deaths, and 42,000 hero damage. He played a little bit less, about 53 minutes of Orisa with 117 elims, 25 deaths, and 22,000 hero damage. Let's see where his damage block. Oh, wow, with both of them. Sigma, 79,000 damage blocked, and Orisa, 64,000 damage blocked. And then, just like Hanbin played just a little bit, oh, you know, a little bit more than 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 Hanbin. He played about four minutes of Wrecking Ball, four, uh, 16 elims, two deaths. Overall, Fury went out and he performed throughout both his matches against Paris and against Atlanta, two maybe of the closest matches of the week. And he helped them take home two W's. And as the highest tank of this week, he also probably brought you a W for your fantasy team, which is what you're hoping for out of that high draft pick, Fury. Yes. Sir. Looking good. He's looking good. It also just seems like you could plug whoever the off tank is into the Philadelphia Fusion, and they're probably not to take anything away from Fury That's or true. Poco. They're excellent players. Poco or but, Poco, yeah. You know. That's true. They're That's true. they're firing on all cylinders. Yep. Philly's just good. They're Philly's clutch. Got a deep yep. 
But, I mean, I would like more information about who will be starting any given games ahead of time, kind of like an active-inactive list or something, because it would be useful, because it's hard to predict sometimes, it seems, but maybe we'll be able to predict more in the future. Yeah, you you also just kind of hope sometimes that if they're, you know, they might be having multiple looks throughout the weekend, which is like what I thought for Vancouver, throwing maybe throwing Haxel in the second game, but again, you know, like I said, I was wrong about that. Yeah. All right, so we both talked about uh, DPS and tank. You want to shoot over to your support? Hell yeah. Um, today, I will be talking about shoe. The reason I chose shoe is for this. If the shoe fit. You may <laughs> as well wear it. Uh, shoe was one of the top picks in Overwatch mm-hmm. League fantasy drafts this year. However, he had to wait a while to play because of coronavirus. And um, all the Chinese teams basically didn't play for a while until week eight, I believe, or week seven. Um, But he has been very good slash absolutely murdered it last week and basically showed why he was a top pick. And I don't think that that is going to go anywhere. So he's somebody that was available on a lot of waiver wires the last few weeks, just based on the fact that people needed to drop players uh, to fill roster spots and he wasn't playing. So some people might have got him for free. And if they did, it worked out great. And if people in your league have been sleeping or it's a small league or everybody in your league is new to Overwatch League and hasn't heard about Shu or something, Shu's a great player who basically showed it, especially this week. And um, he finished this week. Let's see here. I think, was he number? I think three. He was up there. Number, number four. He was number four. But, or no, yeah, number four. But that number four was 166.61 fantasy points because the healers this week just went absolutely ridiculous ham. But that is also number four. For sure, it's way, league. way above any um, other tank or DPS. Out of any player. <clears throat> so, um, he did this by playing Moira the majority of the time. He played Moira for two and a half hours, so the charge did play a good amount of games, or get, play for a good amount of time this week. But um, in that two and a half hours, he still had 270 yeah. elims as Moira. That is absolutely ridiculous. 270 kills. Um, That's a lot from a main healer. But um, he also had only 60 deaths. So that's almost four or more than four times as many uh, kills as deaths. Um, He also had 80,000 hero damage with Moira to go along with 248,000 healing. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. Those are outrageous numbers. He just just absolutely smacked the competition. Um, But he also did play a little bit, uh, like 12, 17 minutes of other characters like Baptiste, Sen, and Anna. Uh, Baptiste, notable performance, 44 kills, 7 deaths, 10,000 damage in only 21 minutes played. Um, but basically he played more the majority of the time and it yep. just went absolutely bonkers. And I think, I think she's the type of player who's a versatile healer. He can play a lot of different healers 
and there's going to be days where I think he's going to be consistently a good performer. So you could put him in any given week. He's definitely someone you could start every week. But um, this week he went absolutely bananas. If he's on my roster and he has matches, he's he's a must start. He's he's. Is there is there a roster you're not putting shoe in? Like like you basically have to have maybe a violet and a right now I don't so, know alarm's been killing yeah. it. What do you think? Like if you have violet and alarm, are you putting both those guys uh, it, in? It, that, shoe? If I have three, if I have violet alarm and shoe on my team, I. And and you have a flex. You have a flex spot. Your flex. I'm starting all three for sure. But you got to choose a flex. Between. That's who I. That's those. Be... But if if you don't, who are you picking? Um, are you it depends. Shoe in? It would either depend on matchup for between shoe and alarm and violet mm-hmm. too. Um, I would hope that they would maybe the their schedules would work out where one one doesn't play, another one does. There's always two there. But if their schedules are looking like they're all going to be playing at the same time, then I might look to trade one of them. Because if I have Shoe, Alarm, and Violet, then my supports, you know, from this week, that would be number one, number four, number five. Who would you be willing? Who who would you be willing uh, to trade top, Shoe for? Top of the line, uh, DPS or tank? Yeah, either one. DPS. Top of the line. Would you trade if you were offered Xy and Xy? And I lost Big Goose and for Shoe. Would you do it? If you if someone offered you XE and Big Goose for Shoe, would you do it in a twelve-man te- roster, on a, twelve on a, twelve team league, a, or ten team league? Ten no, team league. I would not, because in most of the things I look at, Big Goose, I, I, even though he he puts up ninety points, would every you week, do it? He, he's if someone the, offered you in most of these leagues, if someone offered you, I don't want another healer. I would, I would want. If someone uh, offered you. If someone offered you XZ and Jerry, nope. would you do no, it? No, I would not do that because XZ's not playing right now and Jerry's wow. putting up 60 points a week. How about if Carpe. someone offers yes. you? Straight up. Well, I would obviously do that for Carpe. But how about Ivy and Ivy and Ivy and yes. uh, Unquestionably. Definitely. Yes. Uh, for no sure. doubt. You'd do for that? sure. Decay is Decay's a guy who even if his team is losing, he's putting up points. And Ivy's a guy who even if he doesn't play a a, a, a week, he might play the next week and still put up 122 points like he did this week. Ivy yeah. tends to score points. I agree. So are we valuing healers as the best players yes. in in the league though? More yes. valuable than yes. DPS. I if you had yeah. if you had those three that you brought up, Violet, Shoe, and Alarm, you are sitting pretty, my friend. That is you are very happy right now. You could demand just about anything you want. Right. I would probably trade Violet because that's who is at his highest right now. I could trade the highest player, and I could hopefully get a top-tier off-tank and a top-tier DPS. That's what I would be looking for. I want to go for maybe someone like Smurf who gets in there sometimes or Hanbin like you were talking about or Void, one of these one of these guys who we don't have too, too much on to watch yet but have been putting up that time. And I think I was waiting – until you 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 ran out of people because I was actually going to say Ivy is someone that I would also target this week. Yeah, for a trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I like Ivy. But um, Shoe on my list is one last thing I want to say that my preseason uh, support draft list I had Shoe as number five behind Shaz of the Gladiators, Violet of the Shock, Jonak of the 
Excelsior, and Alarm of the Fusion. So she was just right there. Yeah. There yeah, he's up there. I'm going to highlight my support real quick. My support this week actually scored very similarly to yours. Where are you? Shoe scored 166.61 for the fourth slot. My player, uh, my support of the week is Gray of the Paris Eternal, and he scored 174.44 points. I was stunned to see that yep. number. When I watch, when I watch the big number. Eternal, I'm not always drawn to Gray's play immediately. He's it, it doesn't always seem like it's that flashy to me, but he is very consistent and goes in there and supports his team and puts up these numbers. You ready for some of these numbers? All right, so I this am. would be fun to compare these two heroes here too. He played Baptiste for about 57 minutes and he played Moira for 51 minutes. Those are really the only two heroes he played okay. besides that's a surprising yeah. amount of yep. Baptiste yep. compared his, to the rest of the league. This and his week. and so his numbers are high fun. too. So he like on that. the fifty seven minutes of Baptiste, sixty two elims and thirty eight deaths, with sixteen almost seventeen thousand hero damage and seventy five thousand healing. Those are good numbers. But are you ready for Moira? Now this is Moira with less time, so six less minutes, and Moira has one hundred and thirty two elims. So what is that? That is seventy more elims. And 22 deaths, so also 26 less deaths. That is a crazy ratio for Moira. Plus, more hero, da- more hero damage, 28,000 as opposed to 16,000. And more healing, 93,000 as opposed to 75,000. So, what I draw from that is that if, if you have a top-tier healer who's playing Moira, uh, you're going to luck out. He's going to put up you know a crazy week. Number two... Even if your healer splits even time with Moira and Baptiste or Moira and someone else, you can still be a top-tier support for that week. And the last thing is that Moira just puts up insane numbers. This is it. Moira ridiculous. just gets numbers, yeah. She got the, the, the healing orbs and the damage orbs can just rack up some serious numbers for her getting those extra it's less time more elims less deaths more hero damage more healing like what insane and he took almost he took almost identical damage he took 17,345 with baptiste and 17,365 with moira so that's just wild but we hadn't really talked about gray just kind of like hanbin his teammate these these Paris Eternal players have been really performing to the of the highest quality, and we want to make sure that we are highlighting that. Yep, he deserves some respect. And unless you have any last minute additions, I think that pretty much covers it for our clicking heads. Lucio's bad beats. beats. So we're gonna highlight a few players that we don't really want to hate on, but we are ask. But we we're asking a little bit more from them. We're asking. I don't think I'm asking much. I think I think I'm just asking for a certain status quo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially with some of these guys. Um. Why don't you start us off? You got a bad beat you want to lead us off with? 
boy, do I. Who do you want me to start with? Which uh, role? I want you to start with Tank. I think that we haven't really we haven't really Tank? talked about his team Tank enough. You got it. You got it, dude. Let's talk then about Janu. Now, here's what I want to talk about Janu mm-hmm. on the Vancouver Titans. For the reason being that Vancouver, in my opinion, probably before the season is one of the best teams in the league. Yep. I would say. I think a lot of people they, they've been that very future, high on right? recent power rankings as well. And they looked really good week one, but then they had a big break in between just because of a lot of coronavirus and other factors, but in scheduling. But um, coming back week 10, they hadn't played for nine weeks. That's crazy. Nine weeks of not playing at all. So I think a little bit of it's just rust. I think a little bit of it is that Haxel didn't play, which I I do not see why. And I don't think that has been answered. So I don't know what that's about because I would say Haxel is not only maybe the best player on Vancouver, but I think he's probably the best, one of the best DPS players in the league. And um, basically he opens up a lot for the team. So without him, Mm -hmm. they're not going to perform as well. That's just everybody. But um, on the week, uh, Janu scored an atrocious 55 points. 55.07 55.07 points, which is not no. getting it done. Not one bit. You're, look, you're looking to get at least 85, 95, hopefully 100. Especially Janu. And 55 points. Yeah, and Janu's one of the better tanks in the league, so you're expecting more out of him. But And it's not and it's not even like he didn't play. Like I mean, he only played maybe an hour, a little over an hour, hour, 15, hour, 20. That's enough time to get some points. Definitely more than 55. But he played a good amount of Zarya. As Zarya, he had 65 Elims, 21 deaths, 22,000 hero damage. Um, I mean, those figures aren't terrible. Probably could have gone lower on the deaths, and a little higher on the damage would have been nice. Um, but outside of that, he also played some Sigma with uh, 28 Elims and 14 deaths. To me, that's kind of... That's that's a two two to one ratio, but to me, I feel like he could have gone a little lower on those deaths as well. Eighteen thousand hero damage, mm-hmm. though, not terrible, and um, he played a little bit of wrecking ball. Um, Fifteen elims, sixteen deaths. So that was a problem. Definitely, he played did eighteen, not do well 18 minutes of wrecking ball. ball. That is, I feel that like is not. That's eighteen minutes. That is that's not a good an chunk of time. Eighteen that's minutes a good right chunk there. No, because. The first round of any fight is four minutes. So you're basically saying that's yeah. four first rounds, four rounds. So that's that's four rounds of racking ball. And you are you got a negative kill, kill death ratio. That's not a good thing. I think his week probably would have looked a little better if uh, he hadn't played racking ball. And if, you know, maybe Vancouver's outcomes had been better and they won a game controlled it a little better. Seems like they probably had a good counter to wrecking ball and he probably shouldn't have been on wrecking ball. But um yeah, basically Janu wasn't getting it done. If you put him in this week, you're disappointed. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think he was a lot of people's first tank off the board and you're excited to get him back and he laid an egg for sure. 
I'm going to jump into my bad beats. My my first bad beats, I'm going to kind of lump together here. I'm going to talk about two of the same position on the same team that, whose names first first name starts with the same letter as well. I want to talk about Erster and Edison on the Atlanta Reign. Now, E and E. E-E. To look at their stats on the week, Erster <laughs> put up 53.17 fantasy points. And he, granted, they only had one match, and it was against Philly. But when after I watched that match, I expected stats to be higher for these DPS of the Atlanta Reign because they played Philly so tight. They were pretty close to actually winning that match. And I don't think that you know, another minute and a half or two minutes going Atlanta's way in that match would really help Erster and Edison's fantasy numbers this week. Because that's that's Erster. That's 53.17, like I said, which is good. For the, Very disappointing. The 26th highest DPS, way, way at the bottom. And then Edison was worse. Edison was the 30th ranked DPS this week at 35.84 fantasy points. Both pretty dreadful numbers. Even if you had both of them together, I have a lot of DPS listed here who scored more than those two guys put together. So it's not. It's not. That's not um, Edison. Sure. How about my, Baby how about Bay, Bay scored? Baby Bay did not do as poorly, but was not. That effective either. Baby Bay was the 22nd ranked DPS at 64.56 points. So about 10 points on Erster. But, you know, between the three of them, you didn't, re- you're not happy with it. So disappointing overall DPS. Yeah, for, for sure. But Edison and, and Erster, I would expect at least one of them to be up in the 80s or the 90s. That's where I think that they should, that that's where they should be living. Erster, I guess it does make sense. He mostly played May. May is not known for getting tons and tons of kills but in the 20 minutes that he played he only had about 12,000 hero damage which is not what you're looking for 36 elims is nice and seven deaths only is nice um but that's not it's just not getting it done and for edison he mostly played tracer about 60 minutes of tracer and that was 34 elims 11 deaths 11,000 hero damage um and you know he only used eight ults in that time you know i've seen a lot of other uh, tracers you know, really hustling through their their alts to to get that to get that pulse bomb didn't seem like it was working for Edison. So overall, I would not. <clears throat> actually, I don't know. I don't unless there was someone really appetizing on that wire. I don't know if I'd really drop Ursa or Edison because they are victims of a tough week. But honestly, right now, right now, until further notice, I don't feel comfortable starting and playing the DPS player. <laughs> It hadn't. It wouldn't have worked out for you. Would you any of the last few weeks? You would have started ba- Baby Bay after the first week of play, and then it happened to be Erster who went ham week two. Then we touted Erster and said that you know Baby Bay could sneak back. He didn't play at all. Edison killed it. Erster had a fine week, but Edison went off. And then we said that all right, we think Erster for sure, but. Um, maybe between awesome. Edison and Baby Bay, we're not sure. And then Baby Bay is the guy, and Erster is not. And it's you like, drop him, I don't or know. are you going to save a bench spot? You. I mean, if you drop, if you're dropping them, I I think Erster and Baby Bay still are worth owning. Edison is probably fine mm-hmm. unless you have someone better. 
but I think that's probably true of Baby Bay and Edison, actually. And Erster I'd probably hold on to because I do think Erster's nasty. But, I mean, until further notice, I'd find somebody more sure of a starting job. Okay, that's like a Dante. good example. I'd rather have Dante right now. I think he's, I think he's, Another one who I think I didn't, he's going to be in the game. Uh, soon on Paris uh, also is an, a, a good option for someone you could pick up like that. Um I don't know how I feel about. I don't. I agree with you. I don't think I would drop Erst, but I don't know either. I said a few weeks ago it was starting to remind me of the Excel DPS line, and I feel vindicated in that after this week. It really feels like very similar to the New York Excelsior, where you're just kind of watching and waiting, hoping for some clarity. Right. Right. I think that's. Yeah. I think yep. we have that problem with it. All right. So yeah. I kind of, you know, got two birds stoned with with that one there. So. uh you want to jump in with your next bad beat? Probably wouldn't take much yeah, to get yeah, yeah. stoned if you think about it. It's ask <laughs> around. <laughs> um, so, uh, what am I doing here? I think that I will go with my boy because I think he's great and I think the team's great, but you're, they just suck. You know what I'm saying? Your bad Sometimes you're like- great. Excellent pedigree. Sometimes like these great. are guys that are should most definitely still be on your roster, and you should be expecting a lot more from them. So I think it's a really interesting bad beat selection here. Yeah, and I think that's why it's a bad beat. These are guys you expect a lot out of, and if they're not putting up numbers, then they're beating your team up. So we're gonna talk about Corey because Corey fucking yeah. sucked this week. And you know what, Corey? Corey's been perennially disappointing yeah. for your fantasy team lately. I'm not going to lie about it. I wish it weren't so, but it is so. Because I like Corey. And I like Washington. He started hot, more, too. But right now, he started hot right now. Just not getting it done. So, for your fantasy team, at least. And for the real real Overwatch, because they're losing. But he did play a lot mm-hmm. of Torbjorn, which I fucking love to see. But honestly, the KD wasn't wasn't phenomenal 93 elims and fit 44 deaths that's almost two to one mm-hmm. um i i you could be better could be better than that um hero damage with torbjorn was ninety thousand, which is pretty high um he played an hour so that's mm-hmm. really good damage great mm-hmm. damage actually for torbjorn it's just the K- kd could have been better and and not every league has minus points for death so if you're in a league that's not minus points for death, then you're probably looking at a pretty decent week. But for our for our scoring format, not doing too hot. But um, he also played like just a assortment of other heroes for only like ten minutes. Hanzo, McCree, Reaper, Soldier, Tracer, Sim, Widowmaker, and Bastion. But we know we know that Corey can play just about any hero and do it well. And we expect more fantasy points out of him. I think if he can clean up the deaths, and I don't know why he was getting killed more this week. Um, yeah. It just happened, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of their matchups right now. They played against... Um, Who did they play against? They played... I know that they played Dallas in week week 10. They got right, three right. by yeah, Dallas, three and by they... Dallas. Yep. This is also factoring in uh, week nine maps here too. So they also went down three one to mm-hmm. Toronto, and they went down three zero to Philadelphia. So it's three losses. Right. So that is they went a total of 
Nine. It's not good. It's not good. One and nine on maps. They went one and nine on maps the last two weeks. That's not a great thing for fantasy. This... It's not a great thing for real Overwatch. And I don't know like, yeah, if it's totally can't Corey's fault. carry on that level I always. Think, I think the team, right. I think that the team was probably expecting him to carry too much, and that's how it's built. But I think a lot of other guys need to step it up a bit, which sucks because, honestly, their healers are fucking They are amazing. good, yeah. You know? Like, I feel, I feel like they have such great heals, and, like, Corey's nasty, I think. Maybe, honestly, or maybe he was be aggressive, because, you know, I'm, I'm... Maybe he's too as, aggressive. I do picture him playing As you were talking about his numbers court. on Tober Show, and I was trying to think of someone who could compare him to for, for this, and it might not be fair, because this player is maybe one of the best of all time, but Carpe put an hour 18 into Torb. So a little bit more, about 10 minutes more. And he has 3,000 less hero damage than Corey did. So he has 87,000. Right. But Corey's damage 20 was less solid, deaths solid damage. and about maybe right. 100 more elims. Yeah, you got you to... Gotta... Two, wow, 201 elims for right? Carpe on tour sure? this week. Holy shit. So the KD is not no. where it should be at for Corey right now. But, you know, some some of that's protection. Uh, and again, it's not fair to compare to Carpe. Playing. Like, you're going to compare and, someone, you know. For right, sure. Carpe is cream of the crop, for sure. You compare, you, you compare other players to Carpe to set this. Carpe set had 88 final players. blows, which is almost as much as Corey's 93 elims total. You know, so that, that says a lot right there. Anyway, um, right. I I think that both your guys, Janu and Corey, most definitely don't drop. Guys that you look for the future hopefully can do better than they did for you this week. My last one, you? you might be kind of mad at me for. My last one, I am, I'm you're going to be mad. like, Clandy, how are you picking these guys for clicking heads when they put up both of them over 90 points? And I'll tell you why. So I'm talking about I want to talk about two more guys here. And I don't I'm not gonna jump too far into their stats because we know both of these players, these are guys that are most definitely not on your waiver wire. These are guys that were drafted, they were highly ranked, highly touted. And the reason I want to talk about them today is not because of that point total, but because of where they lie among their peers, among the, the guys, the, the players who are doing the same things as them. So I want to talk about Twilight from the Vancouver Titans, uh, main healer, and Aim God, main healer of the Washington Justice. Both these guys most definitely were this week. Twilight ended with 90.63 fantasy points, and Aim God ended with 95 Point five eight fantasy points. Does that seem high or low to you? Normally, I would agree with you, week. but when I look, when I look this week at these healers, Aim God ended up ranked number eighteen overall from healers. Not overall, you know, from all players, just eighteenth among healers. And Twilight was twentieth. So that both of that is in the second half of healers, and. Both of those were outscored by basically every single other healer that played those same heroes that these two guys played. So the way that I want to think about it is that if you had either Twilight 
or aim god on your squad this week and you were up against someone else i imagine that they probably had violet crimson gray shoe alarm bb kareev Izayaki, shaz fd god dogman repel moth molly rockets lije gong funny astro any one of those guys outscored your 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 healer which you probably spent a second or a third round pick on a guy like aim god in twilight right i will I will say this for compared to other Moiras, especially and other main healers. They didn't this outscore week, any other main healer. They were outscored by some Lucios. But it was a crazy outlier week. We'll for see. Healers. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the, 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 the meta is just going to shift towards Moira more often, and we're going to see these kind of numbers being put up. But there are, there are, there are Lucio mains that scored that scored higher than these or guys like Molly, who is ranked number 14th overall and his team, no one else on his team put up any kind of points, but yet he was still able to, which is also true with a guy like Kareev on Toronto. He scored 142 points, which is almost 30 points on either of those two guys, Twilight or aim God that I'm talking about, but almost no one else on Toronto put up any points. So how come Kareev can put up, over 130 points, but Aim God, a guy whose pedigree I'm not questioning, can only put up 95. You... Yep, true, true. <laughs> some say Karen, some say Kareem. But also, um, you know, Washington... T- didn't Toronto didn't do too much better, so I don't think. Probably wasn't all his fault. Yeah, Toronto... They one uh, in the last two weeks. They definitely did, because Toronto I think they beat Washington, so there's that. They won three there, and they they went three and one. They and won they got, three maps. And they got two. They won Houston. three maps in one matchup, and and Washington won one map. Yeah, in, it's true. In three matchups, but it's the same for Twilight here too. They, he didn't he didn't get a win, but you know none of the rest of his teammates scored anything either. He's still the highest scorer on his team, just like Twilight. I mean, just like Aim God. Just like uh, a lot of these other guys who who are still scoring points with their teams losing, I'm just expecting more from Aim God and Twilight. You you were you were you were you were saying Aim God was a perennial top ten scorer every week, and he's not even close. If I'm gonna look at, you want to know where he is among all players that played? Forty six. Forty six. What is it, 46? Yeah, he got outscored by Harry Hook. But it's still an outlier week. At the end of the day, we hey, at the end of the day, we're saying if you're if any player on your fantasy team gets a hundred points, that's very good. That's the bar that we're there. setting. If that is true, Amgrad had ninety-five points this week. And he will continue to keep an average around 100 points. Dogman, Dogman didn't win he's anything. He scored right 12 more points than him. Rappel and Rockus play on the Outlaws. They both two healers above him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you on this one because obviously, based on the week of crazy high scoring. Well, I'm not even. Low, I'm not even but... intending to make a. a a far-fetched it's, argument. I'm I'm really only taking these fine. two weeks as a microchasm and just kind of putting them under a, you know, under a scope and and analyzing these two weeks. So compared yeah. to other main healers, will I drop Aim God? Absolutely not. Yeah, most definitely. But you know, that's you know, what that's I'm a lot. At. That's you know, it's true with Corey too. 
you know. Other guys, we'll hope to see more from all of those bad beats. And right. I expect that in the near future, all of those that we are talking about, especially Janu, Corey, and Aim God and Twilight, will be featured in a click and head segment. Um, that that about covers it for our bad oh, beats. Yeah. At you want to real quick, you see um, some of these guys who did not play. You want to run through some of these guys here real quick? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So not tricky for play. two that, that whole matches, like six maps. And I didn't understand that. I don't know why, yep. but they won, right? Did they win yes, both? They, did. they won both, right? So it worked for the team. So Sinatra didn't play. The team won. Um, it's odd. I think Sinatra will continue to Tough. play. It's, most it's becoming more challenging. Still, question mark? Exclamation point. Hashtag. Hashtag, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't in. So, for whatever reason, he's out. Um, That hurt your team. Most people started Sinatra. Um, Other notable DNPs Mm -hmm. for me, I would say, are XZ, especially, um, due to the fact that he had been killing it really just like playing absolutely phenomenally. I don't know if it has to do with like inability to play just remotely or what, but also, yeah, I mean, he was becoming kind of a a superstar for Paris. He wasn't in. No, I don't know why. And, um, I read, did you hear something that, uh, he actually had to return to Korea due to severe neck pain. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. He had to, I, I don't think he's with the team right now. Wow. And instead he had to go kind of back home because he's not, his body's not holding up. Damn, that sucks. He was playing really well. Gaming takes a toll on the body, man. Yep. Yeah. The other big one for me was Haxel. Haxel's a big good. one. One of the best DPS in the league, and I do not have a reason why he did not play. And they needed him clearly because think about it this way: they haven't played since week one, then they have their first matchup again in week ten, nine weeks afterwards, right? So you haven't mm-hmm. got to see him for nine weeks now, and then all of a sudden their best player is not playing. Like, I don't know what yeah. that's about. Yep. I like all those. The other one, the only one I think you miss is DDing on the Shanghai Dragons because I, I had projected him to get the start, but we saw from most of the Shanghai Dragons um, lip in there instead or DM. So it looks like DDing is kind of far down on the uh, depth chart there. And I would actually look for lip on your waiver wire lip seems to be getting points. It's kind of like that same Ivy role where I think Shanghai can, can keep rolling some opponents that are below their level. And if you have a DPS who's in there, I think he's going to be helping you out. All right. That's all I want to talk about really for DMP. Do you have anybody? I think, that, I think that's good. Oh, you know what? I wanted to highlight one thing. I had a few from week nine that, that were on the DNP that actually got some time in week 10 and might've saved your fantasy roster. So if you haven't checked and you see you have Godsby or happy or architect or fury or Ivy or closer or Jaru, all of those guys did not play at all in week nine, really let you down. You're probably sweating a little bit, but you'll be happy to know that they were able to get time in week 10. So the, the DNP list is much shorter for week nine than it was for 10. 
Said good point, especially if you're in the two-week fantasy matchup scoring system. Some of those guys definitely uh, helped rebound from a bad week nine. Or yeah. zero point. Or some of them did well because, you know, they put up points and had none the week before. Um, I think the last thing that we should do here tonight is I would like you to make a few picks. You want to make a few picks? Sure. Quick. It's time for Trustful's Picks. Yay! Week 11. Week 11. You ready? Yep. Atlanta and Washington. Atlanta. I agree with you. Gladiators and Valiant. The Battle of Los Angeles. Gladiators. I think that could be a really good match. Me too. Florida and Paris. Paris. I agree with that too. I might actually disagree and think Valiant might take Gladiators for the one before, but that I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd pick that. Boston and Toronto. Toronto. That's one I think Boston could get, but I think Toronto probably will. Dallas and San Francisco Shock. Shock. Yeah, that's man. We have some good matchups this week. Some close, some closely even teams. And then the last four are some of these uh, teams based in China rematching the Chengdu Hunters versus the Guangzhou Charge. Mm, Hunters. Hunters have been slipping, but I do agree with that pick. The Shanghai Dragons versus the Hangzhou Spark. Well, that's a tough one. You know what? I'm going to go out and go with the underdog here. The Spark. spark. I like the Spark. The Spark are, are tough. Next, we have the Guangzhou Charge and the Hangzhou Spark. Spark. Yeah, the Spark going 2-0, baby. All right. I love it. Excuse me. And our last one is a rematch from the only loss the Shanghai Dragons have sustained this year, which was against the Chengdu Hunters. Who do you think gets it this time? Dragons. I agree with that as all, as well. I, th- I agree with most of your picks here this week. That's going to be a good week. All right, Trust. Excellent work here today. Uh, can't wait to Great t- work. T- till we get to watch some Week 11 matches and get to talk about those as well. Me as well. Me as well. Thank you for hanging out with the Neighborhood Overwatchers today. Chat with Clandy and Trustful with an email to neighborhoodoverwatchers at gmail.com or on Instagram at neighborhoodoverwatchers. Keep listening in and we'll keep your fantasy Overwatch League team safe. <laughs>